Customers love options. Bike builders like options too. When you're looking for the highest quality plug and play lighting for your V-Twin, why not make the same choice as professional builders and make the switch to electric lighting? Electric lighting is the choice of builders like Dave Perowitz and Corey Ness. Even builders like myself have made the switch to electric lighting. Electric quality isn't just quality you can see, electric quality is quality you can feel. Did I mention that electric lighting was the first manufacturer to offer a lifetime warranty on all LED turn signals? Visit your local independent motorcycle shop or online at www.namscustomcycleproducts.com. As a lifelong mechanic, I figured I'd already tried every type of hand cleaner imaginable. From mom's dish soap to dad's pumice bars. From powders to lanolin-based cleaners. I was just about to give up, say forget it, and mix up my own concoction. But then I heard about Full Bore Hand Cleaner. Full Bore isn't just another hand soap. Full Bore is a hand scrub. Full Bore is formulated right here in the USA with features like soft abrasives, skin moisturizers, and special odor eliminators. So there's no need to rewash your hands before dinner. Full Bore also has no harsh solvents, and that means there's no sticky film left behind, and Full Bore won't irritate open cuts. When you're ready to get clean, go Full Bore. Visit FullBoreClean.com and enter the code GARAGEBUILT to receive free shipping on orders over $70. Episode 28 of the Helen Wheels Garage Built Podcast is with my good friend, the V-Twin visionary, Jeff G. Holt. If you don't know who Jeff Holt is, Jeff Holt was the former editor-in-chief for Hot Bike Magazine and Street Chopper Magazine, and he now runs an Instagram page called the V-Twin Visionary, where he does product reviews, editorials, and features on motorcycles. And he also promotes a series of shows across the United States. If you're gonna be in Sturgis, the first Monday of Sturgis on the 10th at the Buffalo Chip, there will be the V-Twin Visionary Performance Motorcycle Show. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We had a great time talking and catching up and I can't wait to get some real FaceTime with him. Jeff is also going to be the MC and the ambassador for our Central Florida Wheels of Steel show, which has been rescheduled to December 5th and 6th at the RP Funding Center in downtown Lakeland. You can get tickets and information at www.cfwheelsofsteel.com. Enjoy. What's up, buddy? Hello, good friend. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Should I use my fucking little iPod jammy fucking things and see if it works better? Your audio is actually really good if you're comfortable with it. I mean, you know, with where you yeah. got going right is now. That better? It is that sounds better or worse. It sounds about the same, to be honest with you. It's pretty good. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll use these then. Cool. <clears throat> How you living, sucker? I'm good. How are you? Good. So you're back in Cali right now? Yeah. Awesome. Dude, I just, there's, I'm 
so fucking excited that I haven't talked to you in so long, like face to face or anything. Like you had a lot fucking go on in the last. I saw you, I saw you at your show in Daytona. Yeah. Which, by the and way, was a fantastic show, dude. That was a really good show. And everybody that I everybody that I took there was overwhelmed with how cool it was. I mean, they were super stoked. That was a really good show. It was definitely I mean, I'm looking forward to Tennessee now and, and all the other things. And plus, I'm a little the selfish side of me. I'm stoked that you're doing this with us in December. I'm really, really happy oh, about yeah, that, dude. dude. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um. <clears throat> I guess you're so you're commuting back and forth now pretty regularly or you... yeah yeah pretty regularly about every every two weeks right now <laughs> yeah. how, how far mean, of a drive is, is it is. it's uh, six hours that's not hateful it's not no, hateful I mean, when you consider you can go for somewhere cool like phoenix right that's, yeah and then you go back to freaking california which I, my personal taste is i that's my favorite place one of my favorite places on the planet but I, I think it's I kind of I'm one of the, I'm in the camp of people that think that it's kind of getting ruined a little bit. Yeah, dude, it's it's horrible here. Now. <laughs> I mean, I've lived here off and on my whole life. You know? Right. Born and raised in Anaheim, and it's just gotten horrible, man. You know, especially now with this COVID thing, dude. Like, you can just tell that you know all these politicians are using it for their own good out here, and under right. the guises <clears throat> of keeping the public safe and all this other bullshit, dude. I mean, it's it's getting a little out of control yeah but i think there's enough positive things going on too and i think eventually there's some positive things that'll actually come out of it and one of the things that i think will happen is is and i was trying to explain this i think it was oh it was cody the other day he and i were talking and he was you know he's kind of feeling he's in the oil business so he's he's really feeling a lot of pressure and i said you know what hasn't happened yet and and i think you'll agree with this your daughter my daughters his daughters they haven't started coming up with solutions to problems that we've created and our parents have created. So oh, hell no. once they do, I can't even imagine like, I mean, they're very creative people with hyper intelligence. I mean, they've had devices in their hands their whole life. So I can't imagine like, you know, what your daughter and, 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 and my kids are going to be able to do when, when it really comes, push comes to shove and they start changing the world that they're in. I know that sounds yeah. corny and I'm, you know, I'm not, no, a, I'm not I that mean, kind of guy. It's going to be completely a new normal. I mean, we all know that, right? right. It's going to be crazy, crazy. So I want to, I, I don't even know where to start, dude. I mean, obviously the V-Twin Visionary shows are, those are happening. That's good. We've got dates yes. for the new ones that you're doing. Uh, they're kind of starting, the next one that you're starting, we're obviously, we're going to be there in Sturgis, provided everything goes yes. as planned. Um, so that'll be on the Monday, of the first Monday of Sturgis, correct? Yeah, the 10th. Okay. Same yeah. venue? Yeah, it'll be at the Buffalo Chip. So was that your the crossroads? That was that was that your first show that you did under the auspices of V Twin Visionary at at Sturgis, or yes? Okay, so yeah, I did. We did a bunch of ones back in the hot bike days for sure. sure. Um, and then I was very fortunate that that uh, Woody and the crew reached out to me last year and were like, "Hey, we want you to do a show." So it was super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Not wanting to, I, I don't want to cast any light on on the old days, but I would like you to kind of walk us through, like because you're kind of. I've said this to a lot of people. You're the arbiter of you're uh, you're the one, the archetype that's ushering in all of this new technology. We're all all of us content creators. I really I don't really know where I fit in. Um, some of the other podcast people maybe they don't know where they fit in. They're, they've got a direction, but you're kind of you're the only person that is still doing um, what magazines 
were really, really good at was uh, providing new information about new product, right? So I know if I go to the V2 and Visionary page, I've spent some time on the website, but I spend more time on Instagram and yeah. I know I'm gonna see new product. I know I'm gonna find out about events. I kind of get an insight that I wasn't able to get. It didn't come across right in the magazine. And I don't know how you could, you could come across where I get knowing you and I see the way you are in your videos. I feel the personality like, I mean, that's awesome. So there's like these other mediums. So how do you, how do you compare the two or do you not compare the two or how do you, you know, what kind of things are you making sure you don't do going forward when you, when you, all the things you got going on? I mean, really for me, you know, being able to bank on, you know, doing this for 15 years before, you know, with, with Popeye and even when I did stuff for bicycle magazines before that, um, you know, the big deal being is, is, you know, I kind of have a, a long lineage of knowing what was good, what isn't good. And that was all fine and dandy during the print days. And then, I mean, for us with Hot Bike, you know, what Ed Subius and I did was kind of monumental. And it was the dawn ages of, of uh, Facebook and Instagram. But, you know, be able to get over, you know, 100,000 people on those and 200,000 people and 1.5 million on, <clears throat> on Facebook. I mean, that whole deal was before it was monetized. Right. And, you know, now, like with V Twin Visionary, we just hit 25,000 people. And I don't pay, you know, I don't, I don't pay to have bots. I don't have, I don't pay to have fake people on my shit to make it look like there's right. a big thing. And <clears throat> luckily, the people that, that advertise with us and, you know, a lot of our readers, fans, and followers understand that fact that, you know, they're getting privy to the information before everybody else, you right. know, whether it's, you know, something that's kind of not a big deal, like the, the Arlen Ness brake rotor adapter that I posted, you know, that's, that's not a flashy part. It's not going to get a lot of likes, but it solves it's a problem. That's really cool. And it solves a problem. <laughs> right. And it's something that even I didn't know about up to three days ago. <laughs> and I figured a lot of other guys didn't know either, you know, and there's things like that you do, like, you know, you the techniques of how you balance the tires with stuff that you found. And I mean, like, you know, for, for my job is to kind of wrangle what everybody else is doing out there and put right. it in one place. Well, and it's always been that way. Yeah. And know? I feel, like, I feel like you do, uh, that you do, you're the only one doing a consistent job. There's other people out there and I'm not trying to disparage them because I wouldn't want somebody to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not a good podcaster or whatever. I mean, I'm trying, you know, I'm making investments in myself, investments in time, investments in equipment, you know, investments in facility. Um, so that I can be better and so that I can learn to talk better yeah. so that I'm trying to get my interviewing skills better where I learned when I first started, all I did was talk. Now I'm trying to learn how to listen, um, right. to try to take it in and, and understand you posted that part this morning was a perfect example of me going, you know, I never really thought about, I never, I haven't had that problem yet. So I haven't looked for that solution, but now I, I, I know I can go there. So well, I, I mean, you know, the big thing is, especially parts like that and some other parts I posted last week that other people didn't like that I posted. Like, you know, for me, it, it's the big deal is, is, you know, a guy is going to spend, you know, he doesn't like his wheels on his bagger or his Dyna. And then he's going to spend, you know, well, I want these brakes and I want this, but I don't have that money yet. So let me buy these wheels. Oh shit. My rotors don't work on these new wheels. Right. You know, he can spend $200 getting those adapters and then in six or eight months or whatever. And we're not all made of money, man. As no. a matter of fact, most of us are broke. Yeah. Like, 
you know? And so for me, like those kind of products help, you right. know, and, and I want to feature those first and foremost, you know, and then, and then from there, you know, I definitely have a big focus on American made stuff. It's not, you know, it's, I don't make a stand for that or whatever else, but like, you know, I want to support the little businesses as much as I support the big ones. And I actually do spend more time searching out stuff that little businesses do from all corners of the globe and, and show my fans, followers and readership that over, you know, Hey, another part from this gigantic monolith of a company, which there isn't that many, any of those anymore. No, there's really not. And I think that we're seeing a lot of uh, what I would consider cottage industry type um, parts that are coming in into the fray. Obviously uh, the biggest juggernaut of that for me is Paul at bare knuckle right now. He's doing some really, really amazing things. And, you know, we've, we've been fortunate enough to get some, some projects on hand where the customers are allowing us to buy parts from him. And then the one part that, that sticks out to me that recently that was kind of, why didn't I think of that was the slab sides makes a clamp that goes on the handlebar clamp that holds the same phone mount that everybody's been selling for at least eight years, the Ram mount. Right. So it's like solves a problem you didn't know you had. I, I don't like stuff like that. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's super cool. Like, you know, Chopper House may and ended up, they, they did one that holds the GoPro. It's got the two tangs okay. that you put a GoPro on. And I, I have one and I've used it a bunch on a bunch of different bikes. And, you know, I thought that was the coolest thing. And I posted that years ago. Um, and then, yeah, when Raj came out with that, I thought it was a super cool idea. I mean, there's other things like the guys from Dirty Dixie, you know, they mm-hmm. ended up making a new windshield for the new soft tail quarter fairing that soft tail quarter fairing is super bitching but the windshield's tiny and you know it's you know it the cool thing about that new fairing from harley's it it is exactly if you put a t-sport fairing and a quarter fairing and smashed them together into one and now those guys make you know 12 14 16 inch uh shields for them and i thought that was a really cool problem solving idea like paul has a bunch of cool stuff you know luckily you know paul is a firm believer in v-twin visionary and and such a great guy like he's always like hey man i got a new product you know sends it in to me you know and we're building i mean shit i'm building the whole front end around you know his trees right now on a bike and you know his axles on or putting those on the fxr and i mean it's just really cool that that these guys are doing a lot of stuff and, you know, there's a lot of other dudes doing good stuff, too. I mean, you know, that bunch of stuff that takes a lot of work on the back end and and, and uh, should be, you know, shown to the world, you know, not just through their channels and should be reviewed properly. And, and That was know. what I was going to ask you about right there, what you just said, being reviewed properly. Um, one of the things I took away from the V-Twin Visionary channel, um, and I don't remember exactly where I saw this, if I read it, or if you and I had a private conversation, so if we did, please, you know, forgive me if I'm, but there are varying different levels of, you'll do a product review for, um, I'm not going to say any product, but for most products, if somebody wants to send you a product review, you'll at least in, do an in, introduction. But there, there is um, a space in what you do to where you actually professionally try to either A, break, uh, B, use up, try to exhaust, you know, try to find a, a, a point to where it's a, um, what's in a high in a high integrity test on, on something. Right. I mean, that's part of a part yeah. of what you do. And, and that lends itself to the integrity of the brand of the V twin visionary. 
Yeah, I mean, I really try, you know, and, and, and you know, I don't want to discount what anybody else is doing online or whatever they think they're doing when they when they do reviews or whatever else. You know, half those schools just do it because they want free parts. Right. Um, I always offer to send the part back after it's finished if they so wish. Um, that's usually not the case. I mean, right. everybody knows the deal is made where you send the part to the dude and he tests it. Um, and I'm still trying to do it with an unbiased way. Like I did when I was a magazine. editor. Uh, there's a process to what I do and I'll kind of explain it. And I mean, if anybody wants to do the same thing, they, they're more than welcome to it. But when I physically get the part shipped to me, you know, you, there's a conversation, mm-hmm. Hey, I'd like to see whether I reach out to them or they reach out to me. Uh, that the part gets sent to me. Um, I immediately take it out of the box and take photos of it, still photos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those go up online, you know, however else you want to do that. I go online, whether it's a video or a still shot or whatever else. Then I do, then if I, if I think the product's good enough to put on a bike and test, then I'll do a intro video to that same product. And then the thousand mile thrash test and then a review of it. So, I mean, it's, it's a long process for one part, you know, instead of just throwing up a part and saying, Hey, these guys, it's 69.99 bolted onto your, this year bike, blah, 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 blah. And never see it again. You know, like, and also with the algorithms of, of Instagram and Facebook and things like that, you know, when only a small percentage of your, your followers see that, you know, you, you can re, use that content like like during the covids uh, you know i've definitely uh have relaunched a bunch of the videos that i've done you know the old ones where i didn't have any money so i used a black sheet you know and, <laughs> right in a stuffy garage and then some of them were outside by my on a container and then the other ones are like you know in my studio now and then <clears> we're building a full-on studio for me in uh, at our shop in uh phoenix but i mean it's a long process and it's a lot of fact finding, you know, and, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, you only, you know, I get a lot of flack people saying, oh, well, you only say good things about stuff. And I don't, but I mean, you know, here's, here's, here's also another thing. If I have an issue with a manufacturer's product, I speak to them first. Maybe there is a problem with the machining. Maybe there's a problem with quality control. Right. Maybe I got the 1% of the shitty product, like, and I'm, I allow them the first time to, to fix the problem. That's part of being, uh, having integrity, right? I mean, yeah. cause we're in a cancel culture. I think they call that right. Where you just yes. immediately, you would go out there and go, yeah, I've got this blah, blah, blah. And this thing's, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know if I got a bad one or not, but this thing's a piece of shit. Well, you're wasting yeah. your time. You're wasting the, the, their time and you're not helping anybody. And that brings you to the next point is you and I have had several conversations. And when you were on the podcast a couple of years ago, I brought it up and it had to do with, uh, I don't remember exactly what the question was, but I remember what the question was about. And I remember your answer was categorically, I don't give a fuck about this person copying this person or this person copying this one. If they have a <laughs> yeah. problem about that, they need to handle that with themselves. Sure. And you've always been a, what I would consider a brand champion for anybody that you feel is trying to do the right thing. I, you know, you've, we've met each we've known each other for four years now. And yeah. I've seen in that four years where you've, you've met new people and taken on new, new challenges and stuff. And to me, um, and, I'm sure to, to most people, if you are out there 
bashing somebody for not, you know, that's what it is. Uh, if you're, if you're being negative about or dismissive of somebody's product, you're not helping the industry. You're not helping the brand and you're certainly not helping that individual. No, I mean, I mean, bottom line is, and it's a process and we're all evolving our brands and our product lines and our product base, you mm -hmm. know, like sometimes they're not always going to be good. And, you know, there's some guys that have this mindset that, well, whatever I make is, is the best shit ever. And, you know, if Mr. Holt disagrees with it, then he's an asshole or he doesn't know how he, how to handle his business or, you know, Hey, I made this part. And now this other guy comes out with the same part that does the same thing. I was like, you know, yeah, I get that, you know, when you're the inventor that of some special part that, you know, you should be heralded as being the inventor of it, but that's not, you know, that's not my job to do. My job is to show everybody what's out on the market and, you know, you decide if you're going to use the, the legit part, the second version of that part from somebody else. I mean, you know, like, you know, I went back and forth with somebody on, on Instagram last week or two weeks ago about this. They invented a part, you know, they were jumping up and down and then, you know, talking shit on me and how I do my business, talking shit on what I should do, talking shit on the other person. And it just made them look like an idiot. Right. Instead of being, instead of, they could have spent more time posting for on their own channel saying, Hey, well, we invented this part, you know, we're the first, and this is why ours is better. Instead, they want to shit talk and just be a baby about it. Well, they can go fuck off. And I don't feel like that should be done, uh, in, in the comment section either. That's why there's a, a private message. That's why there's an option for a private message that I think some people are just going to do that. Man, yeah. You know? I had somebody it's hijack the a thread this who week. They are. Yeah. I had someone hijack one of my threads this week. I was putting out something positive about, you know, a particular builder that I, I've always thought was a really good builder. And, you know, someone else comes on and like, well, I did this and I did this and I did this. And it's like, just stop. And he didn't stop. And so, you know, things yeah. get ugly, but and, and I, I have some of that. That's probably one of my more toxic traits is that I don't let things go when that happens because they, you know, they went after somebody else, but um, <laughs> not to go off on a tangent, I just did, but. Um, well, I mean, I, I get it, dude. Like anytime I post one guy's stuff, I'll get DMS from, or texts from other people going, Oh, that guy's a shithead. You know, he fucked me. He ripped me off. He did this, he did that. And then I'll post another, I'll post that guy and some other dude will be like yeah that guy owes me five granted parts and i mean come on man nobody when you own and run a business you're not running at a hundred percent like some some people are going to fall through the cracks yep some orders aren't going to happen sometimes yep. you're going to especially in the time of the covids dude like i bought a bicycle literally from a warehouse that is four miles from my house they wouldn't let me go we'll call it because of the covids so I ended up having a UPS and it's been 10 days. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like I understand the frustration of, of, of people now. And I understand that we're all cooped up and, you know, and some people take what I do as a personal attack on them, which is weird. Um, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to be an honest guy that, that, that provides information, dude. Like I'm not, I'm not the czar of cool guy motorcycle shit. Like, no, I, I think, but I, I do, I do go back to you being, um, definitely an outlier right now in, in where we're going. You took a very shitty 
what I felt to be just being your friend, you know, from a distance back then, a very shitty situation that you were in with your previous employer. And that could have, that could have landed you in a lot of places that were not places that you had room to grow. And instead you grew your own garden. And you know, I have, I have championed the, the concept of the V twin visionary since day one, because I see that, um, first off, I want my friend to be successful. Second of all, I want my friend to be happy. But third, I wrote for magazines for eight years, not at the level that you did, but I, they're gone for all intents and purposes, except for you oh, know, yeah. God love Heather and, and Chris Callen for keeping the lights on it at cycle source. But everybody needs to know that their digital media product or their, you know, their video media product and all the other things they're doing, uh, they're putting a lot of effort into that as well. And they've got oh, yeah. a very I mean, unique they're, they're way of doing it too. They're doing a great job of it. And their way of doing it doesn't look like anybody else's way of doing it. And that's what I really like about Chris is he's a very, I've known him for a very, very long time. And he's always been really sweet to me. And so he's another guy that I want to see be happy and healthy and productive. And that guy, it puts it out there for everybody. Oh man, I'll tell you, he was one of the first people that, that called after I got shit camp from Hot Bike. And he's like, whatever I can do, you know, yeah. You let me know whatever I can do. And I was like, man, you know, and we, we, you know, we had a, we had a good relationship. We didn't have before we knew each other. It was, you know, we we're on both sides of the fence, and it sure. wasn't really, you know, we did, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, hey, fuck that guy. But it was like, I don't know that dude. He's doing his thing. Blah 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 blah. And you know, we met on some thing, and we became super good friends, and it was super rad. You know, yeah. and like he's always invited me to do every single thing during anything he does for v2 and visionary and i thought that was you know one of the best i, I you know i can't do it all because right. i simply you know i'm a one i'm not a one-man army anymore but you know after the first year it was just me you know right. and a silent partner who kept the doors open you know money-wise paying the taxes and all the other stuff now you know i've got a full-time guy doing the website and writing features a uh, guy i worked with forever named mark masker he was kind of like the fifth beetle at hot bike he actually worked at Hot Bike before me for like decades. I mean, right. he's one of the best technical writers, funny guy. Um, so he's definitely I I don't touch the website. I hate working on the website. Right. It's a bunch of bullshit. I don't like doing the SEO crap. Like it's just not my deal. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll write all the features in the world. I'll do all the reviews. I'll do the video stuff. I'll do the Instagram stuff. And my partner Dave does the Facebook stuff. So like I just, you know, I'm kind of a one man army when it comes to that shit and it's been good but i mean the bottom line being is i said it's not easy no you know like you said you know being able to jump off i could have i could have immediately took a marketing job at, at one of the larger uh brands who makes products i mean and and, and got a you know made a hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year sure Instead, I just I decided to do this and spend all my life savings. You're kind of, but you're kind of, you're, I, I put you in the same category as a lot of us. We're broken toys. Yeah. To some degree. I mean, we're just, it's really hard, kind of hard to put us in, in, in one place. We kind of need to move around. Do you, um, when you're in the, when you're in the magazine world, you know, you, you have these deadlines, right? And so kind of thing, everything yeah. kind of ramps up to a deadline and then, you know, it, it doesn't fall off to where you have nothing to do, but you have, you, you get some space. Do you find, uh, did you find it difficult coming out of that world for so many years, getting into somewhere where you absolutely had no structure at all that 
you had to create all the structures. I mean, you had to put all of the foundational pieces in. You had to put all of the the walls up. You had to put all the the drywall up. You had to put all the wire in the wall, metaphorically speaking, to build what you're building now. Do you do you enjoy? Do you miss at all the deadline, the the ebb and flow of that, or do you kind of like to just be on the grind? I'm going to tell you, like, right, you know, before all the shit hit the fan with Hot Bike, like, it was, we had a skeleton crew. We were, everybody was doing everything because, you know, when I first started back in the early 2000s, we just had magazines. Right. So you had that, and then you got to take, like, a week off and fuck around, and, and you know, then you were back on it. I, I used to tell people there was 12 different color hammers, and you picked up one hammer, and you hit yourself in the head with it for a month. You put that down. You spent took a week, and then you picked up a different one. It was you were doing the same job over and over. Right. It was just different colors. Sure. But then you know, we got shoved into that. You know, Bonnier was a horrible company at the end. Like, um, we got shoved into doing everything. Right. Where it was like you have to build your content for the magazine. You have to build your content, separate content for the website, separate content for social media. And, you know, we had copywriters before. They're like, no, you know, your spell check will be good enough. And, you know, we had video people. And then, oh, no, you know, the bigger brands need the video people. So you got to shoot it yourself. And, dude, it was horrible. Like, and I told them months before the firing of me that they needed to, to, to really not do much anymore with the print brand and shove everything over to be online because the numbers were so big. And they didn't. They they pretty much took all the money out of Hot Bike Baggers and Street Chopper and put it all into Cycle World, because Cycle World was the biggest catch-all. It had a million people. Blah 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 blah. And then after they bled us dry and fired us all, and didn't they don't even have any content generators. They just they just flipped. You know the entities are still online, but there's no editorship. They just right whatever cycle world wants to put up, they put it on there. But then the big thing is they sell all, they sell the cycle world brand. They take all the numbers from all the magazines that they shit can and they put them all together and they tell advertisers that that's their reach and it's millions and millions, but it's not, and sure. it's not authentic. It's not enthusiast media anymore. There's no such thing unless you get to follow, you know, the stuff like it is pretty cool to see what's going down with the guys that got, the guys that I used to work with when the car magazines were with the bike magazines, you know, Brian Brennan, who was one of the original uh, editors of street chopper. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in this game forever, dude. He's a guy I look up to a lot. And, you know, six months ago, the car magazines had the same issue. Um, you know, they got on, they got bought by discovery channel and motor trend and they turned that whole thing in. And then they just said, there's no print magazines. Are you talking about so, Fireburger and those guys? I'm not yeah, saying his name. Yeah, Fireburger and those guys, Fryberger and Mike and those guys, they were they were someplace else. Okay. And then and then the the lowly guys that were doing truck magazines and this and that and the other and like Rod and Custom and all the other stuff, they got uh shit-canned and axed and they actually are starting their own magazines. So, I mean, it's super cool to see that, that that those dudes just automatically jumped off and were like, yeah, we're doing our magazines now. Right. And, I mean, if, that, if that's bad, good, or indifferent, but I think that age group's a little older than ours, and they like paper. I think the people that 
that uh, I'm aiming for are younger, my age or younger. Yeah. And they don't, they don't really, you know, I hear it about once every 10 people. Hey man, I really miss magazines. I love holding them in my hands, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then it's funny because I was looking, I was at a, a, my buddy's tattoo shop the other day and everybody was passing around a magazine and this dude's, everybody's like, man, I wonder how many germs are on this thing. Right. Yeah, that's a good so, point. I mean, it's totally funny now when you think about it, because you never thought about that. How many times did you pick up a magazine on the back of your buddy's shitter at his house? Or at the bike shop. And, or at the bike shop and just read it and just be like, oh, okay, whatever, you know? So, I mean. It's probably why it's, I don't have COVID now, because my antibodies are so fucking strong. Trust me, dude. Trust me. <laughs> so, I mean, the times have changed. Print maybe, you know, seeing some sort of, of uh, rise again. It'll never be million selling like it was back in the day, but. But on the flip side of that, you know, we used to, sure, you know, our salespeople would be like, run an ad in the magazine. And then in six months, we'll give you the metrics of how well it did. And now it's like, well, you know, you know, somebody's an advertiser on my website and they can see the metrics at a glance. They can see what's going on that week. And if it's not working for them, then they're out the door. Like, you you know, sales guys used to laugh. Well, we got this guy for a year, so blah, 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 blah. You know, we signed a year deal with him and it doesn't fucking matter where we stick him in the magazine. And I, I always thought that was kind of shitty. And then now, you know, we had to redo the whole Between Visionary website to give everybody, all our advertisers a, a fair shake. Like, sure. Dude, we had fixed positions. Yep. So if you clicked on another one, it wasn't there. So now we do it so <laughs> everybody's ads are everywhere along the whole site. So they kind of get a little more for their money. Yeah, that that technology. I've never been able to harness that technology in my brain of, of how to actually build a. And I've been building websites, you know, using templates for twenty years now, and I and I just it just eludes me. It's just something. You know, some things some things are kryptonite to me, you know, and, yeah. and that's I mean, one of the things. It's way out of out of what I do. We actually had a guy build the site. It, the site's been built three times, and and I mean. July 4th will be two years for V-Twin Visionary, and it's been uh, everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's an SEO specialist until you find out they're not. Right. And, uh, I mean, the bottom line being is, is you've had to trial and error, and, and I mean, you got to pay to play now on every single thing. you got to pay to play online with your website with Google. you got to pay to play with, with uh, for sure, with, with Instagram and Facebook, like, you know, I've noticed our numbers have, have plummeted uh, as far as, you know, we'll we'll see. I'll go through all the analytics and like 6,800 people have seen a post. Right. And they, you know, but nobody fucking follows the site. And no one's nobody, engaged. Nobody pushes the follow button. That, that's ridiculous. That and doesn't seem like a real then, metric. Well, it is a real metric when you're not giving Instagram any money. So if you say, hey, Instagram, I'm going to give you $50 a week now, and we're going to boost these posts, then that magically that number starts climbing again. I gotcha. So they just turn the taps off, especially during the COVID, dude. They turn off the reach and that, and, you know, companies that they're companies that have employees that know this right. way above the brains that you and I have put together, um, they don't realize that. And end users don't realize that, you know, they're like, Oh shit. You know? Yeah. Somebody who's scrolling online for content to keep them occupied or, you know, I mean, I, that's something that I do pretty regularly when I get up in the morning and it's something I do when I get home, you know, what, what's, what's out there this morning, 
what's what's happened during the day who can i you know what kind of riot can i incite online this evening right now with right. a few shitty posts and some snarky comments right. but um but it, there's it's so it's so strange because you know with me and the dichotomy of my brand like how do i how do i have a sponsored post do i do a video explaining who i am and what i do and that's sponsored um you know do i do co-branded ads with with manufacturers i would like think... how does it how does it look genuine to me to my readership that i'm not just trying to okay. buy more people i get that so you can't that my my short answer is, right. is you can't like i i trust you because i know you but other people don't know you and they have to trust you based on what they see right yeah. And so I'm I'm real cautious. I mean, not to I don't want to talk about me, but I just started taking on paid advertising for my podcast. And sure. and I turned down I've turned down a couple of people that I think would be good sponsors, but I told them like I'm not ready yet. Like it's really easy. Like one of our sponsors is Full Bore Hand Cleaner. I I can't I even I can't mess that up. You know what I mean? Right. That's a product that it does what it says it's going to do in the ad. I use it. I can show that I use it, and it's a good fit. Um, you know, I'm uh, we're sponsored by Electric Lighting as well and Nams, so that's a good product. I use those products. I sell those products. I can stand behind those products. But there's right. other people that I've told them, look, I'm really just not ready. And when I'm ready, those are the first people I'll go to. But I agree with, with what you're saying. I mean, it almost needs to say at the bottom, paid advertisement, you know? Well, what I do... But that's with, what you with, do, though. I want you to know that I I genuinely can... I would tell anybody that I know you're not going to take a do just any dollar. I, I really no. believe that. I've seen you turn... I've been with you in some some pretty intimate situations in the industry at parties and things like that, where I've seen you walk away from situations that, that you didn't feel you could do the no. best job at. So I know that and I know you have integrity. So, yeah. and I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Like, you know, for me, like, yeah, I can, I can, and we are, you know, working on this whole tales of the dino thing. Sure. You know, I bought a dino out of California. It's being moved to Phoenix, building this crazy glass fish bowl around it so we can film everything we're going to build, I mean, this is pretty crazy. This I'm trying to do stuff that nobody else has done. Like, yeah, you know, everybody can get a fender and review it, you know, yep. and everybody knows who they need to talk to and whatever V-Twin slash after that now, there's 50 right. of them on fucking Instagram. Um, We decided, you know, Danny Wilson and I decided that this dyno is going to be used and what we're going to do is test anybody that wants to send any sort of engine performance part in. Um, it'll be independently tested and reviewed. There'll be videos of it being installed, videos of it being dynoed. And at the end, we're going to have a gigantic matrix chart on the website that has it all at a glance. So you can look at air cleaners and from A to Z, there's every air cleaner in the market and this is what it did on the dyno it, not to not to interrupt you but i don't want to lose my train of thought on that it, from my standpoint i would think that that is something that should that a company should pay for because it's kind of, and hear me out it's it needs to be objective but it's also it's r d they don't have to do and i don't think it's fair to put that on somebody else does that make any well, sense well i mean i I don't mind it all being free. I mean, we'll have like some sort of oil sponsor or some sort of, I got uh, you. some sort of thing <clears throat> that is not a performance product, but yet 
we drain every bike, which you should yes. when it's on the dyno, yeah. do a fluid change. So having an oil company or a gas additive company or either or or and being in charge of that, Dino Jet's actually going to help us out with sponsorship stuff Good. on it as well. Um, so, I mean, there's ways to make money on that. But, I mean, you know, that is more going to be the cornerstone of our editorial. Okay. Because performance things is so, so big, but yet I will have product videos that will have a different background than my product review videos. And those are sponsored videos. Like, you know, it'll have a fucking blue background or whatever else, you know, and it won't be the black and white, you know, multi logo that you see on everything else. And that'll be something where I do video walkthroughs of products. And I just talk about the features. I don't talk about if it's good, bad, or indifferent. It's show and tell video. Sure. And we're doing those. Uh, we're ramping up to do a lot of those with a lot of brands coming into the coming into the summer months. So I mean, there's ways that you can be entertained with seeing new products that are cool that have, you know, two minute exclamation uh, x. Well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, two minute ex- explanations of it, and then you're going to have review independent reviews of products as well. So I mean, I'm trying to do the dyno thing, which is a separate thing. You know, we always have bike builds going on, even though the COVID's kind of screwed me on that. Um, Harley was supposed to send me a bike. It's not coming until, no joke, it's not coming till September. Right. So I'm going to, uh, I just picked up a test bike from Harley today. I'm picking up a test bike from Indian next week. So, I mean, my content is really getting back to that. Can I just oh. t- speak on that? That that's something that people should take into consideration is that you have support or participation from Indian and from Harley. And that really speaks volumes and it should to everybody that, that you're, that you're really approaching this as a journalist, not as um, just a media company, right? There's that that component to it. So how do you, how do you sit in those meetings? Um, Are they, does it come up? I mean, has that, how do you parse that out? How do you bridge that gap to where you can, you can compartmentalize that? With being it's a, being that you're a, a small team, it's a very strange thing. Like they 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 understand that the 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 need and the want to have somebody that has been with them for uh, you know over a decade and understands that I can say, hey, I'm riding this brand new 2020 bike. That's a kind of the same version as the, when it came out in 08, and I've ridden it in 08 you know, 2010, you know, 2015. And now, right. You know, there's not a lot of people online that can do that. And they understand that there's a lot of value in that working with me. So, I mean, that's, that's a big thing. And then, you know, it is a weird thing because, you know, half the people see me as an influencer. The other half see me as, as a, as a journalist, um, I kind of bounce back and forth. It's kind of a weird thing, you know? Well, I mean, it, as long as you're being, having integrity in getting, getting to the root of what you're, uh, you seem to have a plan when you go into something too. Something I've always noticed with you, you, you have like a laser focus on things. When you're at your show, you were, um, you're, you weren't tense, but you were, you were very, um, in the moment. And I, even when I was having a conversation with you, we were standing up by the front there by the skate shop and you were, your eyes were, you were having a conversation with me at the same time 
I was watching you just kind of go down the line and, and make sure that it was almost like you were you were taking stock of what was there and making sure that every little detail was where it needed to be so that people had a good time, so that people knew where to go, and that your vendors were getting what they needed out of that, and that was that was important. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, it's on, it's on, it's multi, it's multifaceted for sure. Like, of course, you know, I need to make sure that the sponsors and the vendors are taken care of. But first and foremost, you know, nobody's going to be, nobody's going to give a shit about your vendors and your sponsors if nobody's there. Right. If the, if the experience is, is dull or, or flawed, then of course they're not, nobody's going to be there. So, I mean, first and foremost is, is having the people there being excited to be there, be, you know, uh, everybody across the board, you know, whether you're there to see a bike or your, or your husband or wife's there showing their bike, or you just want to see bikes and, or you want to see, you know, the row of vendors we have at these events, you know? So, I mean, the, the, the experience of, of the, of the, of the, the walk-ins and, and the people with bikes is first and foremost. And right. I mean, that's why Harley partnered with me because, you know, after that Sturgis show last year, like they were floored, you know, everybody thought, even I thought there might've been 30 bikes there. And then we ended up, you know, coming in strong with like 120 bikes. Yeah. There was almost, you you're know, talking and, about the one that was at the the chip, right? Yeah. I mean, that was, the there was not really anywhere for anybody else to park. That was a good day. I mean, that, that's, yeah. you know, we took that, that was, uh, that was a very, that was a, a very strong outing. When, when you were in Daytona, I mean, that's a, that's a very weird event compared to the way it used to be because it's very spread out now. Right. And there's not yeah. anything in between those areas. So were you, were you pleased overall with the turnout? Were you, you know, where do you, where do you see us making things better for that event? So that that event doesn't I mean, go away or turn into just a, I mean, turn into just a the, biker event, you know, the just bike, the bike week itself. Yeah. Bike, bike mean, week itself. I mean, I thought there was more younger people there than I've seen in years. I felt good about that. Um, you know, and, and the way we, we set up our event, you know, with, with a lot of help from Ron, from Chop Docs, um, having it at the skate park, having it, you know, and he had the chopper show inside the skate park. We had the performance show on the outside. Like it was more than just setting up in some parking lot or right. being at the raceway. Like the overall feel of the event was different and, you know, there was beer there and, you could walk around with beer. You could do whatever you wanted. Like, you know, that, that's the, that's the experiential shit that you want to go down at these events. Not just we're having it at another, at a, at the same parking lot that we had it at forever. And it sucks, right. you know? So, I mean, you know, all, all of our performance bike shows, they, they vary. Like some of them are going to be at Harley dealerships. Some of them will be encapsulated inside bike weeks like Sturgis and Daytona. And, you know, we missed out on a lot of them this year, but we'll still have all nine of them, but they're just going to be probably every other weekend till the end of the year. But um, yeah, we're running you know, out of weekends. <laughs> yeah, we are. I mean, as you know, we've had issues already moving our dates and, and kind of coming up on other people's dates and, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate, but it's, it is what it is. And like I told you candidly on the phone, like, this is my job, dude. I, I'm not, I'm not a bike builder that makes money doing that, that has a show. Like doing these shows with Harley and, and my group of sponsors is how I make my money. So if I step on your toes a little bit, yeah, I feel bad, but I mean, the other half of me doesn't give a fuck cause I got to eat. Well, so, not like, only that, but everybody does there. You know, when you have an event, it's not, 
V Twin Visionary. It's all the other people that are going to the V Twin Visionary show, which I have on my list of things to ask you about. So I've been to the, you know, obviously your show in Sturgis, and I was at your show in uh, in Daytona. Very different shows, much yeah. of the same kind of crowd, like you said, you know, the 25 to 50, the Dickies and Flannel crowd. But what what can we tell people about um, you have – you have the Tennessee show. You kind of have like you're you're venturing out more east than what you have maybe in the past, yeah. at least under the auspices of the V Twin Visionary brand. So, tell us about the the show, the multi day shows where you're kind of the the the, the orchestrator of that, the ring. Yeah, I mean, there's it, it's really all the events are completely different. Like the series, you know, the, I'll, I'll break it down for some people. Like there is the Harley Davidson or Vito Visionary Harley Davidson uh, bike show series, which is all around the country. It's a one day show. Okay. Uh, then I also do one, which is the Vito Visionary Smoky Mountain Tour, and that is a four day event uh, based out of uh, Maryville, Tennessee, and we do lead rides every day. There's vendors, there's bands, there's food. Like it's a it's a it's like a cool four day festival uh, right. that we, we just hang out and ride. Like if you want to do a short ride, there's a short lead ride. If you want to go ride with your buddies, you can. Um, if you want to go on a 12 hour long ride, you can, then you come back and there's good food, cold beer, good drinks, ton of people, bands every night. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long, it's a festival concept that was a varied concept of the old hot bike tour days. Okay. Um, and then the V Twin Visionary, uh, the show series. It's a funny story how that came around. You know, um, we did a couple of them last year. They did really good. Harley approached me late last year, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we, we want to be involved in your Sturgis show." And I was like, "Well, cool." And I was like, "Well, do you know I'm having a series?" Like, just came out of my mouth. You know, I'm doing a series of nine shows last, or I said five. I told. My partner Dave five shows, and then in the middle middle of talking with Harley, I was like, "Yeah, we're doing nine shows." And they were like, nine shows." I was like, "All over the country," and I didn't know how I was going to do. I mean, typical deal with me, dude. I don't know how I'm going to pull anything off, but I always do. Right. And it, once the word started spreading, like like all of our sponsor spots got taken. You know, all of our you know we've got good sponsors this year. So I mean, uh, that's it's pretty crazy. Even with the COVID, like nobody's backed out. Nobody said, Hey, what we're going to do. Nobody's everybody's like, we're waiting for you to tell us when whatever state opens up, wherever you're going, we'll still be there. And then, you know, the people will come. So. It's good to have that kind of support where they have that kind of reach themselves, where you know that there's, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I like, I'm an inclusion kind of guy. Like I really like being in a room with a lot of people um, that have different ideas about the same kind of thing. Like, you you know, obviously your, your, your performance show that's on Monday, there was a lot of different bikes in there. And there was one that yeah. a guy did, um, uh, I think he's in Oregon, uh, Tucker, Tucker Speed. Oh, he's in uh, Orem, Utah. Oh, Utah, that's right. Og- Ogden, Utah, Ogden, my bad. That, That's a cool bike, and that's not something, I mean, that was very different, very you know, that wasn't yeah. just a bunch of bolt-on parts. It was somebody that brought something kind of really clever to the table. And I like seeing old kinky stuff, too. There was a guy there that had some 
I guess it's an Australian engine that's part twin cam, part Evo, and things you yeah, don't, you know. I like those kinds of things, and I and I like being in a room with those kind of dudes. And there was hamsters there, and there was you know just regular guys there that you know that don't even know what that group of people are, and that you know it it was just it was a cool thing, and for that to be having happening more outside of Sturgis and more outside of Daytona, more opportunity to get people get people riding and and, and doing things too. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, yeah, this this performance thing is is hot right now. But I mean, you know, when we when we redid, you know, the hot bike, you know, geez, years ago, like performance was the key. Like it was the key factor. And I remember um, we put uh, we put a white Dyna on the cover when we first changed it with a gigantic white new configured hot bike logo and all this other stuff and it was the day before the Christmas break and uh, the guy that was the head publisher or the editorial director, I don't know what, super high up was literally sent this crazy ass email to me and my staff. And at the end, he's like, if you run this bike on, on the front of this magazine, we are all committing mass suicide. And he even said before that he was like, why don't you have a red and chrome bike on the cover? And I was like, we've been fighting red and chrome bikes for, you know, years at that time, you know, and to put an all white bike that was, you know, Corey Duffel's bike, who was, you know, a pro skater. was like, I kept telling him like, we're turning a corner, we're turning this corner and, you know, people aren't going to get it right away, but they're going to catch up. And then, you know, geez, that was, that was almost 10 years ago. And now performance Harleys and baggers and all this shit are, are the rage. Yeah. yeah. You, you're credited by, from a lot of people about kind of leading that charge through, through your work at hot bike and your team at hot bike of getting that stuff front and center. Cause those bikes had always been around. I've always ridden, you know, something with a highly modified motor or engine rather. Um, I want to switch gears just a little bit and give you an opportunity to kind of really give people a firsthand uh, introduction to your new, headquarters and and there's a lot going on under under one yeah. roof i know that uh here's what i know and you can correct me i believe fxr division is involved right uh well here's the deal um you know uh, love those guys can't say enough about uh justin and big chris and and joe justin's brother um and danny wilson Motorwitch has has been working with them a lot I introduced him a couple of years back um, and Danny's built all their high performance motors with leading edge stuff. Um, helped them. They've helped him with doing body work on, on his uh, battle of the Kings bikes, his born free bikes, um, his current born free bike. And um, they've just been good friends. And Justin and Chris were getting bounced out of their, out of their spot in downtown Phoenix but the guy that owns the place was like, Hey man, um, moving to a better place. It's downtown, yada, yada, yada. We'll give you many multi-year rate. And so they started talking to Danny and saying, Hey, why don't you have your motor building shop here? So you can do that. And, and, you know, FXR division doesn't do a lot of service work. They don't, they don't have the time. They're manufacturing, that and then torch industries which is their sister company with right. with justin coleman owns he's doing that as well 
So I mean, they were like, "Hey, we got the spot at the end of the the end of this so-called strip mall looking thing. Looks like a strip mall from like the '40s. It's pretty crazy." And um, so that space was there. And Danny's like, "Hey, man, do you want to come?" He knows that I was, you know, planning on moving to Phoenix. He's like, "Do you want to come help out?" Blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Well, I need a place to put this dyno in Arizona. Simply, I bought a dyno." You can't run a dyno in California. Nobody will send me an exhaust or even cams or an air intake in California anymore. That's because of the California Air Resources Board and the EPA. So I was like, I'm, I'm Danny and I were looking to put for a shop to put that in because Leading Edge sold their building and, and Leading Edge got rid of their automotive and their side by side business and concentrated on it. Just all kind of fell together. Like that's where Leading Edge is located now. That's where Danny builds bikes um, and motors and all the other stuff because he no longer works at Stubbs because of the COVID. All the stuff kind of fell apart, so or fell together. So the building is gigantic, and there's different spaces and offices. And pretty much our landlords are 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 FXR Division and Torch. Gotcha. Um, and then inside of our building, uh, a guy named uh, Ray. Uh, he came, he's worked 25 years in uh, Harley dealerships around LA. He moved out there to work at a different Stubbs location and he got let go as well. So he's with us. They're doing normal service work there. Right. Um, I have the dyno there where I'm doing all my dyno tuning and testing of products. And then uh, they're, I mean, it's just going to be a cool spot. You know, they're going to be doing work all the time on, on customers' bikes. There's probably two of the best mechanics in the world doing it there. Yeah. Um, when I see a guy like Danny, uh, Danny Wilson, it makes me, I have this, uh, I have this tendency to where I see somebody that does something so fucking high level to where I'm like, okay, he's already doing that. I'm probably not going to get to that level. So I start, I, I start this self doubt thing goes in and I start getting in, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's, it's just something it's, it's innately built into me, you know? And he, I mean, he, he, he is a uh, no bullshit dude. That guy's intellect is at a genius level. How does, and, how uh, does one discover a guy like that? How do you come across a gentleman like that? And, and, and how, how are you able to, to harness him and rein him in enough to where you can, you can extract some of that genius out of him? <laughs> Well, Danny is, is, is gruff, but lovable to say the least. He's not a very emotional guy. Like I said, we call him, his nickname is Rain Man. <laughs> um, he didn't like it at first, but now he does, uh, you know, he tolerates it. Um, he's definitely not the first person you want to talk to when you walk through the door. That would be Ray. Right. Ray's super jovial, super good dude, super knowledgeable. Um, like I said, and then, then when you talk to Danny and if, and if you're any sort of uh tech junkie, then Danny will unleash the, the math and, and all the stuff. And Danny's the kind of guy where once you know him and I mean, you can ask Tony Tucker, who's good friends with him now. And the guys from dirty Dixie and, you know, a plethora of other guys, like he will stay on the, if you are working on a motor and need help, you can FaceTime him and he'll stay on the phone for an hour and a half. Right helping you out for free you know and he's always like hey man you know come on bring the stuff you know him and jay from fab 28 have a really good relationship because they both have that genius level of, of knowing how air goes in the motor air comes out the motor you know stuff that i don't even you know i've been in this game for almost 20 years and 
stuff that I can't even still wrap my head around. These guys just talk, talk like they're just talking about what's in their pockets, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, the shop is, you know, and Danny went crazy. He bought five lifts. There's, I mean, if you look on the, the collective's Instagram, like it's a, it's a machine shop that works on, that works on motorcycles. And now with a dyno room in it and, you know, we share a wall with a brewery and we share another that. wall with yeah. FXR division and torch, like, and it's in the art district of downtown Phoenix. So, I mean, it's a really cool place just to come and hang out. Like we'll have picnic tables outside, you know, and we'll have, you know, covered parking for bikes. So even when it's 115 outside, you can come in and the shop's air conditioned. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a real cool place. You know, I'm pretty stoked to be part of it, you know, just even on my level of having a, a film and video and podcast studio and then my dyno there. Right. Yeah. A, a consortium based setup is something that I would love to try to find a way to do that. It's really just hard to find a group of people that you can, you can do that with, that you can work yeah, with, and that I mean, you can you know, exist we, in the same space. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure there's going to be tough days and great sure. days. I mean, we got, we got a lot of dudes with a lot of, I don't want to say egos, but a lot of dudes, with a lot of strong opinions on, <laughs> strong personalities. Who, on who they are and and who of who they are and how the business should be done so uh, you know it, it'll all level out you know those guys are you know moving in and everybody's getting their stuff together so a little later than pa you know we were supposed to be moving in in november of last year and now we're finally up and running over where there'll there, be so. like a uh and, and i don't know if you if you did mention this and i and i didn't hear it but is there like a showroom kind of parts department type thing or is this all yeah, gonna be there's like there's a showroom that we're gonna that we're gonna actually be splitting with. Like our area is just kind of a service area that looks bitching with that crazy weird silver floor. Yeah, that was really and nice. And then, uh, but there'll be an adjacent to that is the offices where everybody's gonna be having desks and being able to take orders and do sure. orders and do all their online stuff every day. Next to that, there'll be a showroom which features all the stuff that we will be carrying and doing. Of course, Leading Edge, and then Danny's uh, company, DLX Manufacturing, and then FXR Division and Torch, and then kind of the the parts that they all carry to support their their handlebars and their bike builds, and then the parts that we'll be uh, using every day. And then, so I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a crazy deal. But yeah, there'll be like a, a beautiful little showroom to go in a cool little area beer garden kind of deal. And I mean, so it'll be a place where you'll be able to come on the weekends and hang out and see what's going on. And we'll have dino shootouts and, and all sorts of crazy shit going on. Nice. Um, when can, can you, without, I, you know, not getting into any kind of bad stuff, we'll talk about the positive stuff of it, but um, some of the Harley dealers have seemed to have struggled as of late with, especially around here. And I don't know if it's because of the close proximity of uh, motorcycle mechanics Institute and the Harley school down the road, but they seem to have a lot of high turnover in, in the dealerships. And so, and I don't see the turnover, you know, in the shops like ours, because it's, we're all pretty much owners to, to some degree where, you know, we're right ground floor. Is that a, do you think that's a systemic problem? That's just part of the motorcycle industry, the part of the, the people that are applying there or I mean this is kind of it's probably a pretty sticky situation for me to talk about I'm on the outside looking in you know I, I I never went to MMI I don't turn wrenches every day for a living um but I see you know there's some there's some Harley dealerships that get it 
which are as far as I can see of all the ones I've been in, which is few and far. Mm-hmm. And then there's other ones that are just amazing, you know, and that, that comes from management that comes from whoever the owner of that dealership is. And I think a guy like you and like Danny and like Tony Tucker that, that may or may not have went to MMI and, 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 but know how to, you run a business because it's a labor of love right? in the motorcycle industry, especially in the custom motorcycle industry. You don't do it because you're going to make a ton of fucking money and right. the dealerships are trying to make a ton of fucking money. And the dealerships from what I've seen have kind of screwed themselves because they knew they could make quick bucks on used bikes. They buy used bikes at auctions or they get trade-ins, they slap them together, they get them running and they make high profit margins on them. But yet they, a lot of the guys weren't worried about the brand new bikes that were coming in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're, 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 you know, you can save four grand on a black street glide that's two years old or, you know, with 20,000 miles on it or less, or you buy a new one for full pop and, you know, Harley, you know, I'm sure the MoCo doesn't like that, but no, I mean, that's kind of the way it is. That. Right. Right. And then, you know, the service departments, you know, and people go to Harley dealerships you know, you, you have your guys that go there for the hot dog and your hog members and you got your people that don't know any better and they go there and they hang out, but they're, they do oil changes and tire changes and pad changes. Like they're not, you know, maybe they're going to get a more comfortable seat and a backrest or whatever, but that's a one-time purchase. True. You know, they're not, you know, how many guys, you know, that go into your shop or other shops and they buy three exhausts in two years. That, and I get a lot of, I mean, to be fair, I get a lot of customers that come to me and they tell me, well, my warranty's up now, so I don't want to go, I, I don't want to go back there. I mean, well, it was almost like, you know, yeah. I want to hold up the bar and shield and say, point to where they, they touched you. You know what I mean? Like where they're like genuinely Jeez. hurt by, you know, the way that they, they feel like the, the, their perceived value of, of what they got. And I'm not trying to besmirch them. I'm actually trying to trying to figure it out, trying to get useful information for myself and everybody listening. And like, Hey, there's definitely, I always feel like our, I feel like our job is to um, fix motorcycles and sell parts that right. the, that the factory can't. And I feel like everybody in between S and S Vance and Heinz zippers, fueling, you name it, that it's their job to make something either stronger, uh, better, more efficient than what the, than what the factory did. Cause the factory is, can only go so far, right? They're creating well, a whole mean, thing. They're baking the whole cake. The, 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 the motor company has so many conundrums, man. And I, and I feel bad for them because there's, you know, there's so many people. I mean, you don't see people hanging out at Ford and Dodge dealerships no, on the weekends, you know? No. So, I mean, you know, like it's a good thing that they have the hog stuff. It's a good thing that people can fit in with that. Like I won't discount that at all. No. Um, and, but yet Harley has a problem. Like there's other people that are like, as soon as I buy my Harley, I'll never take it back to the dealership unless it's a warranty situation. Right. And, you know, as soon as my warranty's up, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, I think that that was a big problem a while ago, but I mean, you know, and, and they had Chrome dress up parts only, but now, I mean, the, the, the Harley P and a stuff parts and accessory stuff is pretty cool. A you lot know, of it like is, and, stuff, and it's you know? usually and, and their pretty decent quality. Stuff, yeah, and their performance stuff, their intakes are nice. You know, their exhaust. I mean, half of them are super traps. Like they're nice, right? You know, like I think that you know, like you can get away with, and, and 
Harley's they've learned. I think they're they're definitely in a transitional period. Um, you know, they don't have a CEO, you know, they, they, the, the designers are, are making nice bikes. I mean, that soft tail, I don't care what anybody says, man, that's, that's the nicest riding Harley they've ever made. I've, um, I've only you know, ridden one very, you know, just kind of putting around, not, not really, uh, not doing a whole lot. I will tell you this, we did a, uh, when I went to England last year, um, I put a 124 kit on my buddy's bike while I was over there and that thing, it's fast. Yeah. That motor that makes Milwaukee a lot of power. motor is amazing. Yeah, it really it 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 really is. I think that's a fantastic power plant. And you know, I yeah. don't see a and lot I of mean, broken ones coming in here. No. And I mean, you couple that with a, a chassis that's, you know, way stiffer and a lot lighter than a Dyna or a old Softail. I mean, dude, right. they just ride super good. The new baggers, they ride really good too, you know. I mean, you, you know, the last bagger I purchased was a 20 12 and it was a road glide, it was, wasn't it? yeah it was a road glide dude and that thing felt rickety from the get-go and of course you know i put 200 horsepower motor in a 23 inch front wheel on it and made right. it all dumb but like um <laughs> you know we're actually using that same power plant we're taking it out and putting it in an fxr that's going to be kind of the next big custom uh v-twin visionary project as far as a full build but i mean harley has always had this issue you know like you know, the shovelhead guys hated the Evo. The Evo guys hated the twin cam. The twin right. cam guys hated the, you know, it's just that that's the nature of the thing. You know, everybody hated Harleys because they didn't, they weren't available in black. And now that they are, they hate Harley because they made them all black. Like <laughs> they, they, they can't win. They just can't win. And, but you know, people need to wake up and realize that, you know, they need to support that brand or it's not going to be there. Yeah. You know, it's going to, you know, that's they, where they, I was trying to know, lead the conversation can, was that we need to, we can all be mad as we want about us not getting our, our exact way. But at the end of the day, um, the, that brand could go away just like any brand could go away for one reason or well, the other. You look know? at Pontiac. I mean, look at Hummer. Like, look at all that stuff. Pontiac. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, it, it could, it can, it could easily go, but I mean, I think Harley's giving people way better choices now than they ever wanted, you know, with the electric glide and the, and the soft tail standard. Like that's, I just got off a soft tail standard before you and I started this, man. And I was like, this bike's really cool. Like for me, T-bars, fairing, two into one, and I'd leave it be. It's a very Even simple looking wheels. bike, but it's 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 actually a very cool bike. And I really like the idea of the, the electric glide standard. Yeah. You know what the I mean? It's different standard, you price know, I'm, point I'm wise. It's a good bike. Yeah. That's actually my next purchase is one of those. So. Uh, we're going to do it all up crazy. It won't be standard after we're done. Have you heard anything? Um, I heard a rumor that the 2022 uh, dressers were going to be monoshock. Have you heard anything along those lines? Um, I've been hearing that for, I heard that it was going to happen in 2020. I heard it was going to happen in 2021 and 2022. Um, uh, I mean, I think, well, of course, 2020 is now 2021 they, sure. they're, they're they're not changing production they're just right. not gonna do any production and they won't be out till august so okay. um i would say i mean as far as what i've gathered from people telling me and not telling me i would say 2022 or 2023 would be a monoshock bagger and um it's you know to, to you know we can we can start talking about how the indians handle that's where I and wanted we to go. We can start next. talking about the other stuff, like you know, 
I'm a big proponent of, of, of Indian as well, man. I think that they build a good bike looks wise. They're not my favorite, um, performance wise, like until Harley in January had that update where all the bikes have the telemetry and the hill stop and all that electronic aid to them. Right. Um, I, I was saying that the, that definitely that the uh, challenger was, was the top American made bagger for sure. That's I, that bike, uh, for whatever reason, I've, I've loved road glides. I had a 98. I've had, I've had a couple different ones and, uh, I don't have one right now. I'm kind of going through a FXR Dyna phase again, but I, um, I really like the challenger. And I think if I was going to buy a brand new motorcycle right now, I would probably buy the challenger. I mean, the bike comes with everything you need, except, you know, it's got hideous handlebars and, <laughs> you know, Torch Industries are your guys for that. You know, yeah. like they ended up, they ended up doing the ones for Carrie and Big B and they look really good on there. And I mean, the bike is everything you want in, in and in a bagger, if, if you're willing to look past the, the, the looks on it, you know, and you rode one of those for a minute, with. didn't you? I, I had one for a long time. Yeah. Um, I've probably ridden, I've ridden thousands of miles on one and. I'll tell you the day I threw a leg over it and, you know, I peeled off 300 miles, like in no nothing, man. And it was, you know, the bars are ugly, but you know, they actually are ergonomically in the right position. Right. Um, Indian did a good job. I, you know, and, and people were like, well, they're just trying to rip off a road glide. And I was like, man, in all honesty, <laughs> the, the, uh, to tell you the truth, that bike is way more BMW than or even gold wing than road glide like it's got right. adjustable windshield it's got you know this that and the other and i you know i think it's it, it definitely shares more common traits with those two brands than harley davidson you know that's saying line. a lot i mean because bmw is as you know a fairly complex motorcycle and it has been for quite some time you really have got to have a special set of skills you got to be Liam Neeson to uh, to work on that, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, luckily, you know, the, the you know, the, I know they've had they had their fair share of issues when the bikes first came out, like every every new model year bike. But you know, and having a water cooled motor, man, it's pretty nice when you're sitting on the on the five freeway in traffic because you can't lane split because it's so small and your and your thighs are literally on fire. <laughs> You know, like, and you you don't get that with a water cooled bike, you know. Right. And, and I I understand, like, I'm a big air cooled guy, and I'm a big, you know, I I like my, you know, I like bikes that look like Harley's and and have a lot of, you know, the bulky classic features, you know. And, right. and a lot of people, a lot of people flipped out when that bike came out. And to tell you the truth, man, that that the the Challenger does not look good in photos. When you see one in person, it, it looks it looks nice, but it's hard to uh, it's hard to definitely uh, capture the capture the essence capture of it. How cool that bike looks, yeah. When you were um, when you were still doing the print media stuff, um, did you were you doing all of your uh, were you doing all of your own um, photography too? Uh, I did a lot of it, but I also had uh, John Zamora and Ed Subius. Okay. They did a lot of photography for me as well. Who's doing like who's doing the lion's share stuff now that you have this other company and now that you have this other medium? So you're using obviously you're probably using a, you know a tripod mounted uh, video camera and stuff like that. But yeah. is is a lot of this being done um, with like iPhones and and simple stuff, or is 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 there a a, a big 
is there a, a big swing where you're going into DSLRs and GoPros and, and those um, types of things? I, I have literally everything. Like I spent, I think right now, I think I'm 20 something thousand dollars in gear. Right. Including all my podcasting stuff, which I barely take out of the crate, which I need to start doing. Uh, I need a lesson from you on how to post all that shit. That's the only problem I have is being able to get it on every medium. Like um, we'll talk about that later, but um, yeah, I mean, I bought, I, I was using a lot of Canon stuff, mm-hmm. um, DLSR. And then I, that was all owned by hot bike. So I gave it all back and sure. I ended up buying all the Sony mirrorless stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I had a good relationship with GoPro. So I have like, Jesus, I probably got 10 GoPros. Um, of all different sizes, shapes, and models. Um, and so, so I, GoPros, the fisheye thing, it works good for some stuff. Um, not all the stuff. It's it's a pain in the ass to get that footage off. And, you know, you got to crop it, this and that. I mean, I the newest GoPro I have is badass because it doesn't have that fisheye look. Right. And it's small. Um, as far as the iPhone goes, um I'm not going to lie, man. I'll leave it up to you to see if you can figure out which is a DLSR photo or an iPhone photo. I'm not going to tell you how little or how much I use it. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I I watch news reporters using iPhones, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that 11 Pro I have is is an amazing piece of machinery. Yeah, I'm still rocking the 10. (laughs) Yeah, that 11, man, with those three cameras and and the 4K video is is crazy. Like, I, I, I actually did shoot um one of my product videos and i had the uh side by side i had my iphone recording it in 4k and then my sony in 4k and yeah with the with the with the um you know on my gigantic you know screen back 24 inch screen like you can see there's a little degradation on on the iphone compared to to the of course it's a far superior machine the sony but man, I'm telling you, you bump that shit on 720p, whatever, and and put it on your Instagram, you can't fucking tell. Right. As long as the audio is good, you're never gonna be able to tell. And yeah. you know, most people consume. You know, I I think the it's 78 or almost 80 percent of people consume my media on their phone. Okay, so you're 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 able to parse out those metrics and and find out that kind of stuff. I mean, that's that's yeah. really the struggle that I have is figuring out where our podcast is almost doubled in the last two months. And I assume it's because of people being, you know, kind of quarantined and looking for content yeah. and, and, you know, maybe listening to things just, Hey, why not listen to Jason's hell on wheels, garage built podcast, just sure. because it's there. But, um, we've seen quite a, quite a jump, but it's just trying to figure out like, they call it different things, you know, like you were mentioned yeah. earlier, SEO, that's, I don't understand it. And every time I pay somebody to do SEO, I find out that, I, or I find that I'm doing half the work, and I don't understand what I'm doing. And yeah, the SEO specialist is kind of like jumbo shrimp and military right. intelligence. intelligence. Like because the dynamics, Google changes the dynamics so much. They're they're just as bad as Instagram and Facebook. Like just when you think you got it, they switch it up and don't tell you. Right, and then then you have to find it again. So I mean. You know, I do things on my end where, you know, I, I hashtag differently. Sometimes, you know, I throw a few posts out there that don't have hashtags, mm-hmm. which is, oh, my God, in the world of of uh, Instagram, you should never, ever do that. Oh, right. You know? And I, I'm just trying to hit some sort of metric that, that maybe nobody's ever seen or 
or heard to get more people to see the stuff. I mean, and I found out at the very end of it, just throw fucking money at them and they'll open the floodgates. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that you've started using Facebook, or I feel like I've noticed that you've been using Facebook more in the last four or five months than you had in the previous year. Is yes. is that is that something that I'm noticing because of what you're saying, or is it something that you're actually cognizant doing or is it redundant posts and what i mean by that like i've got some of my pages if i post something like cycle stop usa if i post something on instagram it shows up on our facebook page but our yeah. facebook engagement is kind of weird it's not like what i think it would be i would think there would be you know everybody locally would be watching us on facebook to see what can happen or what we've got going on at the motorcycle shop because it's local but it seems like i see a lot more v-twin visionary stuff on and Jeff G. Holt stuff on Facebook than what I've in the past. Is that something that you're you're actively doing, or is it? Yes, um, it be, because we do a lot of the the, the uh, standard issue posted on Instagram. It pops on there. Mm -hmm. That's day to day stuff. That's like new parts, new tech, maybe some funny shit. Um, and then more serious, more we tease a lot of stuff that's on the website on on Facebook because you can direct link to it, which you know you can't on uh instagram like you know uh, uh as far as that and also getting a lot of facebook hits helps you with your seo through google okay so i mean you know we have like i said we after three people we finally found this this lady who's really good about seo and online optimization all throughout social media and our website so we have her in our pocket she's amazing i talk to her twice. My partner talks to her every day. Right. Um, you know, he's doing more of that. You know, I, I'll tell you the truth, Jay, like the bottom line is man, because I own my own company now, if I don't want to fucking do it, I'm not going to do it. That's uh, and, and by all rights, you shouldn't have to. That's how I do things around you. I'm going to be mean, honest like, with you. Like, I hire somebody yeah, to do fucking, something I don't want to do. I, I, I tell my buddy, Dave, I tell my partner, Dave, like, I don't want to do it, dude. You, you either do it or you find somebody else to do it. Cause that's not going to be my deal. Like, I'm so busy writing 700 word features and reviewing products. Like, oh, Jeff's out on a bike ride. No, Jeff's not on a bike ride. He's fucking working. Yeah. He's he's he has to pull over three times in a bike ride to to write down in his notes on his phone the attributes, the goods and the bads about the gloves I'm wearing, the helmet I'm wearing, the fucking pants I'm wearing, the boots I'm wearing, the grips on the bike, the bike itself, the seat, how the tires are working, like. So you're you're stacking all that stuff, yeah, and I, you know oh, it just that kind of hurt my head right there. I didn't think about that. I was you know, you know you're going to go out and test a set of grips. No, you're testing grips and handlebars and a set of riser. You know you could really kind of yeah make that really all kind of play play together. Yeah, um, I mean you know there's points of contact to the bike, which is your feet, your ass, and your hands. You know then you know that's a big thing and and. You know, I worked in the tire industry and in the bicycle industry for, you know, years. And I understand, like, how important, you know, your contact patch is and right. how important, you know, changing half a PSI on every one of your bikes, higher or lower, makes a bike handle totally different. A lot of people don't understand that. They crank it up to the max and they go, man, this, my suspension in the front kind of sucks and my back's kind of waggly. It's like, start fucking around with your PSI. Like, it's the cheapest way you can make your suspension and your bike handle good. Free. Yeah. Air. Yeah. Like, you know, there's certain things and, and I'll be explaining now that I'm doing more videos and now that I have people that are helping me shoot videos in Phoenix, I've got a, a crew called 40 volt out there. Okay. 
they're they're uh, helping me shoot videos, I'm able to do it easier now. Like they'll be able to edit it in a day, and it'll be out there. Do you have With a YouTube me, channel? Uh, yeah, Vito Visionary has a YouTube channel. Okay, there's like over a hundred and something videos on there. Okay, every and video. Forgive me for not knowing those. that. I think I get a pretty yeah. good pretty good idea of what you had on Insta, but I. I for some reason, I didn't think you had a YouTube channel. And the reason why is, uh, you know, I didn't get a chance being on the East Coast when you were doing the interviews. There was a few yeah. that, I, you know, I got through um, until I was too tired during the week or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? It's were three hour difference. So there were some things I was that's why I had asked you the other day if you had if you still had them and you were letting them you were letting them expire, which I understand that. Yeah, too. I just let them go. I, I, I get I, it. I don't know. I was kind of weird about it. I kind of wanted the people. It was like that cool speakeasy club. Dude. Yep. Like. You were there. It was cool. Nobody was allowed to take pictures of it, and then it's yep. gone, and then people can talk about it. Yeah, know? no, like, I I, I appreciate know. that. I appreciate that. Um, you Some things should not last forever. I agree with that, <laughs> and I appreciate that. And then you know what? I mean that that's that's another part of the integrity piece. Um, you had uh, there was something you talked about early on with the V two Visionary that it hasn't happened yet, and I I brought it up a couple times, and um, you've always had an answer for it, I and mean, I just wondered if you know. You had talked about having a print product at one time, mm -hmm. whether it be periodical or non-periodical. Is that still something that you're 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 thinking about doing, or is that something that you're really going to kind of let that let some more things grow in, in, into that? Is it going to be like a? I'm here's what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning I would think an annual, and it's a coffee table book, and it's a best of. I mean, that's what I envisioned from the original description two years ago, though. So yeah. you know. It's it's along the same lines. Like it will have whatever they the key whatever the flashy word is evergreen content. Oh, that's what it was. Yep. Um, which will be stuff that will look good in ten years. Like one thing I learned about looking at magazines, you know, Street Chopper, which was around since sixty nine, and 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 Hot Bike, which is around since seventy one. Like you could pull, and even like the stuff Howard Kelly did, you know, um, with Hot Bike and with Street Chopper when he reintroduced it, like. You, you can kind of pick and pull what still is dope today and what's not. Right. Like, you know, Maconi is 79. Like, yeah, the photos are rad, but like, you, you don't need to see a photo. You don't need to hear a story about Jim Bob and whoever else were there. Like, right. So, I mean, and with publishing now, like, I, there's no fucking way that I'm going to have a room full of fucking magazines, dude. Like, just, it's a waste. Like, <laughs> And if I and if, I, and if I, I'll break it down, I break it down to people. I probably broke it down to you how I how I see how magazines are, and I've always saw this because I saw rooms and just you know when we moved, like there was a, literally a big trash container full of magazines. I was like, this is the most wasteful thing ever. So you take a fucking tree yep. and you turn it into pulp. And or, uh, let's say a thousand trees, you turn it into pulp and you make paper out of it. You squirt ink on it, and the ink's not didn't used to be water based; like it was horrible, right? Caustic shit. And then your magazines are heavy; like a stack of magazines is heavy. So you put them on a pallet, and it costs a bunch of money to get them from the printed. Well, cost a bunch of money to print them. Cost yeah. a bunch of money to get them from the printer to the distribution center cost a bunch of money from the distribution center to the locations. And then they sit there for 30 days and you only sell 17% of them and the rest of them go in the trash. That was the wasteful part of it that I didn't know. But I mean, I, yeah. I love my room full of magazines. 
<laughs> sure, so do I. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, luckily I'm dragging all those out and we're having bookshelves at the collective. So yeah. when you're sitting there getting your bike worked on, you can leaf through all these magazines and books. I mean, I love that. Don't get me wrong, but it's such the business model is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I didn't look at it from that point of view. And that was something but, that eluded me. It was they never tell you that when you're writing for a magazine. Right. They just give you and, a deadline. But with the advent of, you know, online publishing and, and, and being able to make picture books for your kid's birthday and right. this and that and the other, you know, through Apple or whatever else. Now there's online publishing houses. And what's cool, and I've been working with one up in the Bay Area. It's been a couple, it's been a, about a year and a half I've been working with them. And we're going to be doing a print product. Yeah, we're going to do one, this one, hopefully by the end of the year, if not first in 2021, uh, like January, February. And it'll be an annual. It'll feature all that stuff, all the good stuff that we have. Right. It's not going to have products and it. it'll both, mostly be bikes and events. And then from there, what we'll do is you'll be able to go on to V2 and Visionary and there'll be, you can buy one for 10 bucks, 25 bucks, 35 bucks, all the way up to $200. Okay. Now you could buy the $10 one looks like, you know, Rotter's journal, whatever, something really nice. It'll be thick and nice, but it'll be all paper all the way up to 200 bucks, which is leather embossed gold gilded. Right. No, that's so, great. But what's it's funny, but what if your bike is in that in there? And I'm also working on a thing with them to so if you go online and your bike's there, within the bike features, you'll be able to move your your bike feature to the front of the bike features. See, that's the thing that I miss, right? So I, I've only had a couple mag a couple bikes in magazines. You know, I've had one cover one time, I've had a couple on the inside, and so my brag wall is smaller than most people's brag wall, but I still have a couple of featured bikes up there, right? Well, that's gone, and I, I wish that it wasn't. I, that really, I mean, that that's something that I really wish was still. Oh, I wish there was a way to capture that, and you know what I mean, like that. That's um, it, it makes I mean, back, it makes it fleeting, right? And I mean, back when we were actually, I, I am going to also make the features that I'm doing, and I've been shooting a ton of features. Now I just have to catch up and write them. Um, we're going to have where you can buy it and have it put on a frame and all that other shit. So you can hang it up and it'll look kind of like the magazine ones right. with, the, with the spec sheet and the logo and all the other stuff. And, you know, say V-Tone Visual and your name, and the bike. But then, you know, I always told people back when I was still rallying for the cause of print media that, yeah, nobody gives a shit if their bike's on a website. Like if your bike's on the cover of a magazine, it's the end all be all. Yes, but the value of the website will go up if there's, if there's, if the con. I I I have to say that for me and for you, uh, you you've seen enough features. You you know your eyes go crossed. But for me, I'll get it to get to a point where okay, at least there's somewhere that's substantive. If you're shooting somebody's bike and putting it on the V Twin Visionary, I, there is um. Well, I don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm lost for the word, but there's some, there's some actual meaning to that. There's some actual, yeah. there's some credibility to that. There's some actual value to that. It's not, you know, and, and hopefully there'll be other people that come around too to do the digital media thing and have kind of a different way of doing it. And there'll be some, yeah. you know, very creative ways to do it. There's not only one way to skin a cat, but no, I, I would like for there to be there that as an option at some point. Agreed. And I think with, with what we're going to be doing, you know, before it was just me, man. And, and I, I couldn't, mm -hmm. 
I couldn't shoot 200 photos of a bike and then spend two days busting them down and color correcting them, making them look good, and then formatting them for the web, and then write a 400 word and do all the specs. Like that would be one day for me. Sure. And there's only one me. So like, yeah, all the ones that are on there now are they, they've been getting better and better. But now, since I have a videographer, since I have the stuff, so we'll be able to do a full still bike feature. And then have a two-minute video walkthrough of each bike. That's awesome. So with that, there's a lot of value to a person wanting to have their thing on there. Because they can share it through their channels. Everybody gets to see the bike. Gets to hear it run. Gets to see the working components as they should be out in the wild. So, I mean, for me, I think it's it's just a better thing across the board. You know, we're uh, I'm evolving, you know. Like, I got a lot of shit because a lot of my 1,000-mile thrash tests weren't, weren't up and you couldn't find them and this and that and the other. And it's like, dude, I'm a one-man army. Like, you know, how come, you know, people are like, you never ride. I was like, I'm actually on the bike. Like, I don't have a film crew like these girls right. on Instagram following me around, taking pictures of me riding. Like, that's not my deal. Like get it. bottom line is like, I'm riding. You don't know about it because <laughs> I'm testing shit. Right. So to back up and recap, we, we've talked about the shows, you know, the, your, the shows you have now, we kind of know, mm -hmm. you know, we've been to a couple of your shows. We know that you're, of course we appreciate, and, and I'm really looking forward to having you here in Florida for our show. And unfortunately it's not going to be in four weeks from now where it was supposed to be. It's going to be, first weekend in December, but we'll, I think that's going to give us uh, an opportunity to have better weather an opportunity to have a little bit more people. Cause the snowbirds will be down here. Yeah. You know, um, and more time to promote it and more time to promote it too. Yes. Always. So now that you have a team, now that you've got two years under your belt, now that your brand is, is solidly placed and, and you've got a good group of, um, supporters, you know, from corporate side and that where, how far do you, how far does it go? Is this one of those things like, man, I have no idea. We're just going to let it kind of go where it's going, where, where it takes us. Or is it, is there a box that you're trying to make sure everything fits in that you want to make sure that your yourself and your team does these things? Well, I just want to improve on everything I do. Okay. I mean, the bottom line from, from my post rates to the content within them, to the feature bikes I want to promote to the events I want to put on, uh, you know, like I, I you know, I, I get, you can ask Maggie, you know, my girlfriend, dude, like I, I mope around here a lot because, you know, we we're supposed to be in Laconia, right. You know, I was supposed to have this bike that would be done. Like I, I keep showing all these rad photos of all these parts that I have for this bike. And then, you know, Oh, this guy has the same parts and he actually is putting them on his bike and, one-upping me and it pisses me off because i'm supposed to be the authority and i got right. all the stuff early and now i don't have a fucking bike to put it on because of covid like you know so like this year has been pretty rough because this year was gonna be like a really breakthrough year for this brand and I, not that it hasn't been another in other in other ways but uh like you know i got i got stuff i got some super cool shit coming out um you know, brand wise and clothing wise and, you know, everybody likes the name. Yeah. Um, it fits very well with what you're doing. It's, uh, you know, I was complimentary of that right out of the gate. I thought, well, that, you kind of nailed it. You know, that's yeah. what we needed. That's what we need. You know, the original, I'll tell you the original, and I still own the trademark on it cause we're going to do something with it, but we were going to call it throttle slayers. <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the Throttle Slayers uh, that, is a good name. That was the it's working. Just, that was the working title. That's awesome. That's uh, and I was like, man, that just sounds so. It's compartmentalized a little bit. It's, yeah, it's it sounds little... too wheelie and burnout. Yeah, it does. But I think there's definitely. I'm glad that you own the name because there's definitely some. There's definitely some traction there. There's definitely a place yeah. for that. Like I have a website. I have all shit. But like, I mean, I, there's so many entities that I own that I that I have names of and own all the rights to and all this stuff. It's not even funny. Do you buy website like, names? You know, yeah, I have I like do. probably 40 of them. Yeah, it's a very tight. I sold one one time so. for somebody. I, I can tell you a really quick funny story and then I'll let you go. The dude yeah. moved in, dude moved into town here and um this is in 20, I don't know, 2011 or 12 and he took out he paid did one of those one full page uh editorials where you buy the ad it looks like an editorial but it's really just yeah. a full page deal. And it was in the, in there it was, was going to work on four-wheelers, dirt bikes, you know, side by sides, sell fishing tackle, the whole thing. But he was going to work on Harley's too. And at the time, it was a Harley only shop. And it said, "Now this this town finally has someone that can work on Harley Davidson motorcycles." It was one of the quotes in in the, in the thing. So I was like, hmm. "It was Plant City Motorsports." They're they're out of You're business like, now. I took offense to that right away. Yeah. So and and so <laughs> the name of the company was Plant City Motorsports. So I went on and I looked up their website. There wasn't one. So I went to where I buy my website names and type in, it said it's available. So I bought it. Well, as soon as I bought it, I started getting this dude, this, they had some, some guy from Houston that came in and it's like, Hey, you know, I'm representing this company down here and we understand you. Well, I, as soon as I bought PlantCityMotorsports.com, I routed it to Cycle Stop USA. So anybody that like read that, G, like a G, anybody that read that article went to PlantCityMotorsports.com. They just ended up at Cycle Stop. So, that went on for probably a month and a half, two months, and it finally they came in, and uh, I told them that I just made it clear in no uncertain terms that I was going to be the Harley shop in town, and you can work on whatever you want, but uh, if you want the website, you're not going to work on Harleys, and uh, they didn't work on any Harleys, and they paid me a lot of money for that website name. It was one, you know, now th one time I ever dude, did. Now there's lawyers that specialize in getting website and handles and they'll fight tooth and nail if you buy one install it and there's a brand they will fucking go to court and literally the judge will decide if they're going to take it from you for free or pay you or anything dude that shit's fucking savage it's the equivalency of patent trolls in the in in the yeah. early 1900s but um yeah. It was something that I felt I had to do. It was a moral imperative. For oh, me. you're a G, dude. Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, I, I have all these crazy event ideas I want to do, so they all have different names, and you know, I, I got you know. But I'm really concentrating. You know, this deal with Harley meant a lot to me, and I'm going to make sure that they they get every ounce of their return on investment plus. Right. With that, even though you know these shows are going to be every other weekend across country, I'm going to blow up that poor transit van of mine, but. It is what it is, man. Very good. Well, I really appreciate you doing this, dude. You know how I feel about you. You're, you're I, I love you, man. You're a great dude. Yeah, and, and you know I love you too, Jason. I appreciate you know our that. friendship, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this together, and I'll try to get this out either tonight or tomorrow, and uh, we can really? push it around on social media, and uh, hopefully you get back to get back over to headquarters there is sooner than later. Yeah, I'll be there next week. We're moving the dyno in, so I'll be there for probably at least a week with my. One of my best friends is a contractor. He's doing all the 
the glass box around it and the pony balls and making the Danny made it look like a machine shop. I'm going to try and make it look like something better than that now. Nice. All right, buddy. We'll take care. Tell Maggie I said hello and uh, have a good I day, shall. buddy. Bye. Thanks, man. Be good. All right, bro. You have been listening to the Hell Up News Podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening. <laughs>